Hi, and welcome to the Sage Sapien podcast. I am sitting here with Kira in Madison Square Park, and we are bringing you the live cityscape and having a conversation today about grounding and spiritual tools that we can use um, in our day-to-day urban hecticness to stay present and alert and also relaxed and connected to ourselves and to the earth. Hi, Johnson. Hi, Kira. (laughs) (laughs) So my name is Kira Sandra. I am the founder and curator of the Panther Process, which is a a meta-consciousness program based in shadow work. Um, And grounding is, is... a really important tool right now, especially with all the energies that are that are going on in the cosmos and the shaking up that we're experiencing on so many different levels. Um, and especially the summer, just with the planets alone, and even just with the moving of Uranus and Taurus, it's really shaking up what we felt to be our core structures. And really what it's doing is liberating us from anything that's unsustainable. And during this time, it's the, the community Um, even the spiritual community, which has a definite shadow-like tendency to be very ungrounded, is experiencing just a lot of spin-out with everything that's happening. How do you use astrology to help you navigate through the tumultuous times? And how do you not allow it to be predestined or or you go oh mercury's in retrograde we all know this in the spiritual community and then all of a sudden we go (laughs) are we not victims yeah yes how do we not do that yes Uh, astrology just puts form to energy and there's always free will you always have a choice and that has a lot to do with your conditioning and your tools that you use so for example if someone doesn't know or understand that grounding has everything to do with muladhara everything having to do with the root chakra and those three planets that constitute that chakra are pluto which is the soul kundalini and you have uranus and you have saturn so uranus liberates and frees the electricity and saturn crystallizes create structure that shadow of that chakra is fear so when we feel ungrounded the first thing that comes up is survival we're afraid so working with the planets and understanding okay this is the movement that's happening and this is the energy or invitation that it creates it's up to my free will and choice to dig into my tool to see what I can do to understand how it affects my charts where I'm sensitive where I'm um, more stable what flows naturally, what do I need to work at? And that can help guide me through the energy because these energies come and we begin to swirl. And that's when we get into that victim status of, oh my God, Mercury, or there's Mars in retrograde and oh my God, oh my God, what do I do? And when you look and see, oh right, I have these tools in my chart. I have my conditioning tools. I have my practice, I have my flow. I have my Nutribullet smoothie maker. I have whatever I need to nourish myself and to guide me through this. Sure. I think astrology is such a great tool to look at this all in a scientific way. It's without a doubt that the planets move in a certain way and you know where they're going to be in a certain alignment. I'm not an astrologer. You're an astrologer, right? You're a soul astrologer. And for me, like, because I don't follow the charts as religiously because I I try not to be... Do you find that's easier? Do you find it easier not to know not too much about them? I do sometimes. And so, like, for example, I landed in New York, what, a week and a half ago? And immediately I could just feel the angst of New Yorkers in me. Um, Like, it's it's (laughs) like everywhere I go on the subway, there's some sort of crisis that everyone's experiencing. Everyone seems like they got 
hit in the face with like a bat. Life is so hard here and you see it on everyone's expression and I can't help but absorb that and to feel what they're feeling. And so I start to get angsty and I start to adopt the mannerisms that I, you know, I've been here in two and a half years. I start to feel and move in the way that I used to be, which was very anxious and really stressed. And then I, I go, oh my God, this is why I'm in Singapore. You know, I mean, Singapore of course is an urban environment and there's definitely the, the stress of the corporate finance world. I don't. Major in Singapore. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I just don't feel that because of the density, the humidity of that particular place. And in New York, there's something, because it is lighter here in terms of like the texture and the air, there's something about energy and how it it just expands. It, it's like an amplifier in New York City. Like your ambitions amplified here and you feel that with you know the young people and you feel that with the corporate people. Everyone's striving to go somewhere. It kind of brings everything to the max, whatever you're doing. You just, if you have one job, you want five jobs. Like it's, a, it's so insane here. I found myself like blowing up at my sister, at my partner. I mean, there's a crying baby here. I'm getting irritated. I mean, so for sure, like all of my emotions are amplified here. And for me, the one thing is observing. I think observing is a really huge tool because once I observe, I'm then aware. And once I'm aware, I can decide to or not to make a shift. And once I make that decision out of the awareness, then I'm okay. I'm more intuitive about it as opposed to using charts, which how do you do it? <laughs> how do you? How does it work? How does well, it work? One of the cool things about astrology is that, especially evolutionary astrology, which focuses on the soul over lifetimes. So it's a little bit more integrative than with, it, with our own conscious choices, conditionings, and doesn't look at it so dogmatically and focuses on Pluto and the outer planets and so for me that's also part of the advantage of that tool is the fact that we don't look at things are and they're as normal Western astrologers do which has to do with uh, planets in detriment or you know they're exalted like this is good this is bad this is what it likes this is what it doesn't like it switches the polarity a little bit it helps someone who like myself who is also highly intuitive when I feel that wave coming I already know or I can see the color and the form that it takes so I feel like I have a few more tools in the tool belt so I can expect the unexpected here I know to get the hammer I know to get the screwdriver I know to get and when you, down get ready yeah and when you know what tools that you need or what's coming or how the energies are, are inviting you to play it out. You can also plan and create situations to where you can really go deep in the energy and explore. It's not a tool for hiding. It's not, a, it's not something that you need to survive. I think that is the thing. A lot of people use spiritual tools sometimes to escape from situations. 100%. And it's, it's kind Spiritual of not what it's about. <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I want you to tell me something that I want. It's like, no, this is the reality of how things are going to be. And these are some ways that you can navigate through this instead of covering up and running from it. It creates a lot of fear. You know, sure. when people tell you that, that something's coming and most astrology is very dogmatic, like most spiritual teachings have a lot to do with polarity. So what happens is, is so many people, they hear Mercury's in retrograde, I can't live my life. Right. When they have misconceptions, you know, for example, Mercury stationary direct as of Sunday. Yeah. So a few days ago. 
but yet my technological stuff is still going haywire, right? So, <laughs> like, life is still life it, is it, still it, life. It's most people don't know that when it's in retrograde, it it doesn't mean that information slows down or it, it gets confusing because it's it speeds up. Like, it, there's more coming. Sure. That's why we need to review things and review details and take a look to make sure we don't miss anything. It just takes more time. And when it's stationary retrograde or stationary direct, it's not moving. So that's actually, this is the time with the most static because it's not doing one thing or the other. It's still recalibrating. Yeah. And during that recalibration process after your review, this is actually when things are the most stagnant and most people don't know that most people hear that mercury is retrograde coming they can't sign anything they can't live their life they can't move their computer is going to break they're already at the, making appointments at the you know that apple store they're <laughs> ready for the crash to come so then what do you do when the, the stagnation at the down wave this is we're now in the echo ride the wave realize and understand that this is a time for you to chill and know that this probably is going to be the way it is for a couple of days. And it's that need to control. You know, we're not beings that live in the society that flow with the harvest of the moon. These are, this is a very young culture. This isn't a matter of receiving, but we can receive. That's really big to receive. I have clients who are so logical and very they like to put things in categories and in different boxes and they, they put their whole world, their life is filed away in files in, in their, mm-hmm. their, their brain, like a computer. In order to receive, we have to almost like delete the files because there are certain files in there that are telling us how to live our day to day. And a lot of it is about going out to get something. And that is a young energy. It's a giving energy. You, you give and expend something of yourself in order to get something. And so all of the receiving we get is always because we're trying to do something to better ourselves, quote unquote, better ourselves. Yeah, and it comes with a whole bunch of expectation, a whole bunch of expectation around it. And instead of just receiving for the sake of receiving, which is really hard for most people. You know, some people say in yoga that Shavasana is the most difficult thing for them. They're just laying there and receiving stillness and rest, which is, that's a little bit crazy if you think about it. How did we as a society get to a point where it's hard for us to receive rest without a reason. I think a lot of people are very cautious about the give and receive dynamic. What they want, what comes with the expectation, is there a manipulation? You know, if I give you this, I get this. If I receive this from you, is it safe? What do you want from me? What is the price? And the need to give something. The need to give something to receive in order to maintain a power dynamic. Right. A lot of power dynamics in that. You see that also with appointments. You were talking a little bit earlier before we started this about commitment. Mm -hmm. And I've been seeing that even with the people that I haven't seen in two and a half years making an appointment to meet. There's a desire to not want to give away one's power because I I don't want to be rejected. There's like a fear of rejection that comes into this theme of commitment and into this whole theme of give and take. Because if I give my myself away to you right now and commit to that, then I'm giving away my power. Because what if you say no? That's a rejection that I don't, I can't face. <laughs> so much ego. And yeah. I find that that happens a lot in New York. It was so hard to organize events in New York, and it is still hard. I have an event coming up on Saturday, and it's still hard to get people to commit because 
there are 10,000 possibilities they could do on a Saturday night. And they want to keep it open till the very last moment. That's the thing, though. When you don't commit, you miss out on life. You miss out on being in the moment. How much time do we waste on trying to book a plane ticket? And you're constantly looking and you look for hours. You can get sucked down that hole. Look for hours, the Amazon hole. I'm looking for the right product. I need the right price. I need, what is the value of your time? It's the same thing with everything we do. It's like not everything we write is going to be the catcher in the rye. And that's okay because it's part of the process. It's part of the process of getting where you need to be. And every commitment that we make is also part of it. It's also part of being in that moment. I know by committing to your event, by booking my ticket, sooner rather than later, number one, I can create a structure for now knowing what I'm doing the entire day, but now the universe can show up and support me getting there. That's... The taxi is already, already coming. <laughs> it's everything is already set in motion. It's already come. It's less things that I have to think about. It creates a structure for my entire day. Something to look forward to in terms of my experience without any expectation of saying, I'm going to go receive. I can relate to that in my organization of the retreats, the spiritual retreats that I've been leading around Southeast Asia and then there's one coming up in Greece. And um, I used to always not pay the deposit of the retreat until I get a few signups. Yes. I want to make sure there, there is this, there's this idea of like, I need to really make sure that I'm not going to be at a loss in organizing this event by paying this, this deposit. But I found that the sooner that I pay it, the more committed I am to the retreat venue, to the event happening. Um, and when that happens, things just start to fall into place. Things happen because I'm committed to it to happen. When I don't do it, the organizational part becomes a little bit of a nightmare. You know, the admin and all of that. And then, and then I don't get the things that I want, the events and the activities I want to organize. Where does it come from? <laughs> like, what is this fear of commitment about? It's that grounding. It's the grounding place of where it comes from. If, you, if we commit, we plant a root. So there's a fear of grounding. And then there, yet there's all these workshops and spiritual teachers teaching us, hey, come to my workshop and I'll teach you how to ground. Most spiritual people are not grounded. I, I believe that, for sure, I can see that. They're not. It, when someone lives in the upper chakra channels, they're not fully integrated into their body. When they're not fully integrated into their body, you're not grounded, you can't, it's the current is off. The upward current is the Shakti current, that creative energy, the thing that takes you up and out and into the astral and into your creative zone. And, and the Shiva current, you know, the downward current is the thing that is the container is yeah. what keeps it, it solid. It brings consciousness into form. Exactly. And without that downward current, without your root being planted, without the red root, you know, Saturn gets a bad rap. Saturn is the planet of mastery and form, and it gets such a bad rap because it's, it can be harsh. We need it. You know, it's the planets in, in Muladhara. That's why I tie in a lot of my work with physicality. I always look at people's posture. I started with yoga. I started, I started yoga in theater school. And the reason we were doing yoga in theater school was the mind-body connection. It's undeniable that when you do postures and when you do them in a mindful, conscious way, you can then start to unravel certain patterns that you have adopted unconsciously or consciously in, in your physical way of however you move about life. And so I started in a physical way and now I'm moving more into the etheric 
side of things. And and people are always so surprised about how organized I can be. And it's part of that Virgo thing in me, like the Virgo rising, right? But it, it, and and like well, you're a Pisces, like how is that possible? Like you aren't Pisces like really Aryan and wafty? But it's it's because. I do so much work in my body because I want to feel sensations mm-hmm. in my body. When I have a creative inspiration or something downloads into my system, I need to express it kinesthetically through my body. My mm-hmm. body either twitches or I find mm-hmm. some sort of mudra or dance or expression of it. Whereas this is not a judgment, it's just an observation. I've seen people that are more connected to ether and to, to, to the space between things. Mm-hmm. When they download certain things, they become disembodied. Which is fine, but I think that's only one half of the pie. And I think for us to fully evolve as spiritual creatures, we really need to also be fully in our materialness. And that includes the body, includes finances, includes things that people don't want to necessarily think about when they're going on a spiritual journey. It's really about the integration of the spiritual and the material. And I think we can't divorce the two. And if we do, it's, it's not the full picture. We're not, I don't believe that we're here living our full dharma and our full, full purpose as sentient beings unless we're able to, to share with others. And not everybody can do that. I mean, it's very, very difficult for me, especially after three and a half years of being abroad, mostly in Bali, you know, what it was like to come back to New York, you know, not knowing what my outer form felt like or looked like upon my return, only knowing the deep inner transformation and the complete unraveling you know that took place and it takes a lot to be in the city it takes a lot to live here it takes a lot to maintain and still be able to connect and I mean it's easy to be a shaman in the mountain it's easy to go to the land and it's easy for for us to talk to the talk to the spirits and be one with the land and it's glorious and juicy and wonderful and amazing and powerful to come here and really do the work in a place like this you have got to be in your body. There is no way that we would survive. And so what are some of the grounding techniques that you do physically? So one of my favorite techniques, and this is a great technique for working on that shadow current of Muladhara, which is fear, is bioelectric shaking. So like tremoring. Kind of, yeah. You, you, you put all four corners of the feet on the earth. So it's not dancing. You're not moving the feet. The feet are rooted. And the knees moving, you're moving in a rhythm. It's not left knee, right knee, switch. You're not bopping, you're shaking. And as you begin to shake and the more and more practice you get, you can begin to take it just from the Kundalini, just from the base of the spine. And it becomes like a battery and you vibrate and you shake and it's epic and incredible. And I did this in an ashram for six hours a day. And all the connective points in our body meet in the feet. The feet, taking care of one's feet, I mean, in Chinese medicine, they believe that you die from the feet up. So if you're not grounded, if you're not planted, if you're not connected, you will, you'll just wither away. Which is so interesting too, because so many cultures are in the red for different reasons. Their value system is in the red, is in the Muladhara for that specific reason. It's a matter of, we need to be here, we need to survive, we need to ground. And that brings to the next question, right? If we're grounded, If we get grounded, not only can we survive, we can thrive. And then it brings you to the belief system around that, the negative belief system where it says, you know, it's not safe to thrive or it's not safe to be seen or it's not safe to be big. Because so many people are stuck in survival mode. They're so stuck trying to get back into their body or survive in their body that there's no thriving aspect. 
of that. So, you know, merging those worlds in order to be that. I mean, I see many clients that work on getting grounded and being in their body. There are also belief systems that I found through the theta work where many people are addicted to drama. And when people are addicted to drama and stuck in the drama trauma, their subconscious will not let them ground. So they continue to create tornado situations in their life to keep them uprooted. So it's all very intertwined. What you said about thriving is interesting and surviving because what I've seen in my clients is that people are trying to find thriving only through the Shakti, the ascending creative mm. outlet. So all the energy is ascending into the intellect and so it becomes very mental. It's all about the brain and about how much I can do. I'm going to do a crossword puzzle because I need to keep my brain sharp. There's so much brain focus nowadays with neuroscience. Everything's about the brain. What about the heart? What about what about your hips? <laughs> it's like, well, that's your grounding center. Your center of gravity, your tantien, is down there. Like, what about the gut instinct? What about that? You said that's surviving and that's grounding. And so all the energy people are expending in trying to thrive would actually happen on its own accord if they balance it with the the downward triangle of grounding and of quote unquote surviving because the irony is that if we do too much of one or the other like we we're just lopsided right so so everyone's spending so much time going up 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 there's this upward triangle like we need that downward triangle it's like the seal of solomon or the star mm -hmm. of david yep heart chakra and anahata. the yogic philosophy, the anahata, it is that symbol. It's an upward and downward pointing triangle. It is a symbol that is universal. You see it in many ancient places. Well, the ancient Jews adopted it for a reason. <laughs> yeah. It's older than, than, yeah. than it is. Yeah, it's way older than it is. And it's interesting, too, about the triangles. because so, The triangle tattoo is so trendy. And most people don't... it's only don't, one. It's only one it's triangle. It's only one triangle. And most people don't even know <laughs> what that means or what that's about is using the triangles that's actually yeah a symbol for all of that which i find really funny another way to ground that i sometimes do it visually mm -hmm. if there's you know if you're riding the subway and mm -hmm. you don't really have time anyone doing like <laughs> shaking <laughs> shaking the subway may be a little bit weird weirder than you know public urination <laughs> or masturbation well, or that just happens in new york city or the right? guy break dancing and selling candy for crack or you know <laughs> i'd rather be shaking <laughs> sure you're shaking and grounding your feet but yeah. if, if you're that's not your cup of tea or, or you need mm -hmm. a private sanctified space to do that <laughs> then i like to visualize triangles so if i feel that there's a lot of energy it's just very intuitive i feel a lot of energy rushing to my head I know I need to focus on visualizing a downward spiral of energy. So I'll visualize a, a pyramid or a, some, something more 2D if that works for you, a triangle moving downwards and it surrounds my body and it encases me in a, in a shell or, or something that's translucent. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's different colors and that's all mm -hmm. very personal. Um, of course, yes, I don't want to go into like the different meanings of colors and how different visualizations of colors affect your, your mood and your yes. energy. For the most part, red, browns black even downward energy oh and the food okay yeah for eating sure. grounding foods making sure you're eating potatoes lentils root vegetables carrots root vegetables yams. yes all those juicy things that ground you Warm in soups and seasonally what is really imbalanced right now is that we can get strawberries and blueberries and all of these foods all year round because of global trade mm -hmm. if you think about it should you be eating watermelon which is a very uplifting, light 
fruit for the summer during the winter time. Yeah, that's, that's very ungrounding. Should you be having salad, very light food that is for summer when it's snowing and it's minus 10 degrees? Yeah, that's a, that's a great... Yeah, that's a great observation. In Morocco, when I was traveling in Morocco too, it's very smart because the, the orange harvest, the clementines, the mandarins, they come in in the winter. And I find it so smart because that's when we need a dose of sunshine. Uh, and I realized that as I was traveling, but it's true. I mean, our, our clementines come in in the winter. We get them Dece- you know, December, January. And when you look at when the fruits and vegetables naturally harvest, that's when we're supposed to be eating them. And we need them. I mean, that's how we that's how we balance our body. That's how we ground in. And the other the other action step that you can take, if you're not into energy, if you're not into shaking, if you're not into public masturbation, shaking on the train, <laughs> um, is commitment. Just make a commitment, no matter what it is. Decide what you're gonna where you're gonna go for lunch when you get up in the morning. Decide this is where I'm having my lunch. Make plans with a friend. Sign up for your yoga class. Sign up for your spin class. Get your massage appointment. Get your your acupuncture appointment. Whatever it is that you need. Right. And commit to it. Commit to, I'm wearing these pants. And do it the night before. Whatever it is, make a decision and plan. And that's one less thing that you have to think about. Using your brain going up. Letting neuroses spin you out. Too much thinking. Too much anxiety. And the interesting thing about it is when we think about anxiety, we think of too much brain function. Right? Too much thought. What brings up anxiety is fear. Really, it's the imbalance of muladhara. It's the imbalance of that chakra of fear that puts you straight into your head and gets you highly neurotic. And then you are spun out and then you can't think. Um, Have you read uh, Eastern Body, Western Mind? No, I don't think I have. This is a great book. Anodaya Judith merges the psychology and the philosophy into the chakra bodies and talks about the different emotions and the different somatic therapies that we can do for the body. One of the, the body types or the archetypes to determine personality based on the, the studies of William Reich, uh, five different personalities. The first one is the muladhara imbalance, which is called the schizoid. You can identify the person because they're usually thin and skinny. Some of them tall, but they have thin frames or have quite heavy legs because they're trying to ground in so much they become but the imbalance is the survival these people tend to be very very anxious they tend to be very artistic very in their head so anything that's up brain focused and you could actually identify just like what you're saying and using your own somatic therapy and how that works and what's interesting is that you can see how energy moves through someone Mm -hmm in the physical shape that they take up in space. And this is something that I see in bodies when I'm doing a lot of rehab work with people. They have like a torn rotator cuff or they have a torn ACL or some sort of issue going on in their knee. These things that happen, these injuries that happen in the legs, it's there for a reason. For example, I busted my knee. I literally tore my ACL and my meniscus trampolining. Trampolining is a, if you just look at the action, it's an upward action. You're jumping high, high, high into the sky. Like, that's what it is. And I fell, you know, and it was the, it was really the energy in which I put into the trampolining. It was this, I need to go do something to expel this extra energy that's in me. So instead of doing something grounding, I chose to do a very, like, an activity that was way too much for me. And so the universe was like, you're not grounding and you're all over the place. There is way too much excitement happening in your life and you're trying to do too many things too fast. So 
my knee broke. <laughs> and it was like, get back to earth, heal, repair. And so when we don't ground, the universe will do it for us totally. in the form of injury. Right. And interestingly enough, the planet <laughs> that does that or what's responsible for those shakeups is Uranus. And this summer we've had all this really intense Uranian activity. And Uranus either liberates us, it's that light bulb, or it's the lightning bolt. So it's shock and trauma and liberation, all in the same current. That's what that is. That's what's saying when it says, oh, you didn't get the memo? Let me give you a trauma. <laughs> for people that are not so spiritually inclined or don't believe in these synchronistic things that just happen in the universe, you can't explain it in a logical way when you get 10 people experiencing the same physical issue and then you look at the person and mm -hmm. it's not a judgment of the person but they share similar themes mm -hmm. they share similar values mm -hmm. they're anxious and stressed in certain ways but they might have different triggers different details but same themes and so when you start to see these patterns you you have to start believing that there is a higher order a higher power that, that is at play and if we can just let go of our ego, we need to follow the rhythms that are, are, are happening. We need to ride the waves that are being offered to us. You know, if there's a tsunami coming, ride the tsunami or figure a way out to ride the tsunami or, yes. or get drowned by it. Yes, and that's, that's a great way to refer to the astrological energies. If you know that that tsunami is coming, get your surfboard. Yeah, get a surfboard or build an ark. <laughs> <laughs> Pack up your animals and go. <laughs> Right. Don't just stand there and get washed over and, and victimize yourself. Unless that's what you want and come back again in the next choice. life. Maybe that's your choice. Yeah. Maybe that is the conscious choice. And that's Not the that thing. we are, you know, encouraging that. Yes. <laughs> Don't do that in a tsunami. Not encouraging you to do that. Um, yeah. That's what that is. That's what it's about. When you make that conscious choice and you understand that energy has form and you could actually look at a blueprint of the energies and use it as a tool. It's interesting because in, in the Ayurvedic tradition and also in the yogic wisdom, when you look at the doshas, which are yeah. the elements of, of fire, air, water, earth, and then ether, space, you also we also put that in terms of constitution. So that's physical constitution, mental constitution, the way that you eat, the food that you put in your mouth has a certain constitution. And then it's really about finding the right alchemy of the different elements to fit you. And we're all born with a certain constitution we're given. And most people spend their life trying to not be their constitution. If you're more of an earth element and more earth and water, you may be a person that is a bit big boned. And because of the media, people want to be the waifish, thin vata type, which is about air and ether. This is also another issue about grounding. I think that if we accept the vehicle that we have entered this life with, then we will be more apt to want to ground. But we can't ground, it's psychologically, we're trying to be something that we're not. We need to go to the shrinker, I don't know, maybe to you, <laughs> to, to figure that out before we panthered. can- Yeah, you need to get panthered before you can ground. Because you're operating under these false belief systems, right? is the thing. It all comes down to your belief systems. And even with the body, the way that we're built and how we're born, based on the psychological conditioning, it's, it's interesting. We can diet all we want, and you know, everyone has those quote, problem areas or places we can't lose weight or places, for example, we can't pack on weight yes. or like muscle yeah. or that is the same thing. If we injure ourselves and then we gain more weight or if we have something along our hip, whatever, that means the energy will still have a propensity to get trapped there. Sure. So even if we do the work, the physical archetype that we're in, says Anodea, 
uh, and how we're conditioned, we will always revert back to that in some sure. way, shape, or form. Secure, so are there any other tools or techniques that you use for grounding that you haven't shared yet? One of the most important things to know what you need for grounding is to get back into your value system. It always comes down to your values. Your priorities and where your energy flows dictate your values. It's really easy for people to say, I value my family, I value my job, I value humanity, I value the ice cream cone, whatever it is that they feel that they value. But the truth is most of the time people identify verbally with their values with what they, they feel that they're quote supposed to or what they judge themselves on that they need to value in life to make them a quote unquote good person. In reality, your values go where energy flows. That has to do with what you spend your money on, with how you spend your time, with that is your current value, and then there's your core values. So knowing your core values is how you come back to ground. My value is, you know, I value sports and activity because that keeps me centered. Knowing what your values, I value achievement. Be honest, be real. I value achievement. What helps me feel achieved or, or that I'm achieving? do that without judgment, without concern, without feeling like I should take a bubble bath or I should be more spiritual or I should do it because that's your value. And when you need to ground back in, it's about coming back to your center and about who you are. And that's also about being honest with yourself about who you are. Most people are act in who they think that they should be. Sure. Which is another reason why, you know, we talk about the shadow and why we get into the shadow because it's everything. It's not only things that are negative that we don't acknowledge it's also the light within us that we don't acknowledge sure it's also claiming things like our wealth and our abundance claiming the fact that maybe we're a little arrogant and that's great or that we're prideful yeah you know, all these different things about us that make up who we are sure and getting in touch with that value system that's ultimately the key to grounding and it's then acceptance can... accepting all the different archetypes within ourselves yes. the, the good the bad the ugly yes all of it all of it and understanding what it is that we need and we can't understand what it is that we need unless we know what we value sure great well cool this has been so much fun sitting in the park listening to the children New running York around City us go by. <laughs> New York City. we're trying to be spiritual and everyone's interrupting yeah, but you know there's no perfect place there's no perfect time yes. to talk about this exactly. and for sure there's lots of things happening around us but that's just life happening so yes I mean, and that's the whole that's the whole point i think that we're sharing with everybody we can be in the middle of madison square park and have a discussion about spirituality yes and be okay with it yes and not get pissed off about every single thing that is you know overwhelming our senses (laughs) yes exactly great so this has been fun let's do it again some other time thank you for having me i'm so glad that you're in new york yeah Thank you so much, Kira, from The Panther Process for being here. And this is Johnson Chong from Sage Sapien signing off. See you next time.